Welcome to Friends and Daggers, the daily blogcast that opens up the scriptures and helps us understand the person and the work of Jesus. So during these 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, appears to his disciples and he opens up the scriptures and he teaches them and he walks them through the Old Testament. He opens their eyes to see uh, their hearts to understand that uh, all of the scriptures point to his death and his resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. And so we've been speaking about the, the book of Genesis and how it's a book uh, about generations. Uh, you could say it is uh, a story of the family tree of uh, the promised seed, the, the Messiah. Now, we're going to find that as you read Genesis, that this uh, family tree is full of uh, gnarls and it's twisted, uh, especially from the roots of the patriarchs, from the family of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Now, you see a little bit of a, uh, an account of this laid out in the very first gospel, the gospel of Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 1. It begins by saying, this is a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so it references how uh, Jesus comes from generation after generation from a family, from the seed of Abraham. Now, it doesn't take long to get into this genealogy before you see the, uh, the twisted family tree. And so it begins verse 2, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. But then in verse 3, it says, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Now, this is a, a sordid story. It is uh, basically the story of a father and a daughter-in-law and uh, an incestual relationship. But from that, uh, the promise still holds. From the family of Judah, the line of Judah, will come Messiah. You go a little farther in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, it speaks of a salmon S-A-L-M-O-N. I hope I said that right. The father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. And so in the book of Joshua, this is the story of Rahab, the prostitute, in uh, the city of Jericho that hides the, the spies. But, but from this family, from her, again, comes the promise of Messiah. You go a little farther, and it speaks of uh, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Uh, again, Ruth is not part of, um, uh, she's a Gentile, she is a Moabite. And uh, from, from this Gentile uh, family tree, again, the promise holds fast. Uh, Obed is the father of Jesse, and Jesse's the father of King David. And then all the dirty laundry is, uh, is aired out for everyone to hear. And in Matthew chapter 1, it says that David was the father of Solomon, and then it doesn't say Bathsheba, it says Solomon, uh, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. And there it is, the adulterous affair, the power of David, uh, the cover-up of the pregnancy, uh, even so uh, the murder of uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. And so this family tree, uh, if you read the stories uh, in Genesis, uh, it is a twisted a twisted family tree, but God is true to his promise. Now, uh, again, here's some uh, more accounts of this family tree. So Abraham, out of fear and uh, self-preservation, two times uh, gives his wife away to foreign rulers. He's fearful for his, his life, and so he says to, uh, says to Sarah, say to them that you are my sister so that they'll treat me 
that they'll treat me well. But the promise is supposed to come to Abraham and and Sarah. And so if Sarah is given away, well, what happens to the promise, promised seed? Again, God is true to his promise, and he will fulfill his work. Even in the midst of... Um, uh, of the troublesome decisions that the patriarchs make. Again, Abraham and Sarah are promised, but they can't conceive. They can't uh, have a child. So they come up with their own plan, thinking, well, maybe God has another way. Maybe through uh, the handmaiden Hagar. And uh, then you have that story of the of um, the problems between Hagar and Sarah and Ishmael and Isaac. You have the story of Jacob and Esau selling of birthrights and favoritism and and deception. Uh, Jacob uh, also filled with trickery and also being tricked uh, with his uh, his love for Rachel, but he's given uh, Leah Leah um, the, uh, the the other daughter first, the oldest daughter first, and uh, how he is tricked by uh, by his uncle Laban. You have Jacob's sons. Joseph and his brothers' favoritism uh, of a father and jealousy of brothers uh, selling into slavery. Um, and they lie to their father about Joseph and say that a wild animal must have come and killed him. I uh, have Joseph shown favor uh, when he is brought into Egypt, but then he's wrongly accused of, of sexual assault. He's uh, thrown into prison. Uh, during that time, he interprets dreams for a baker and a cupbearer cup to the to Pharaoh. Uh, he's forgotten. Uh, Pharaoh has these troublesome dreams and, and all of a sudden uh, Joseph is brought again to a place of prominence. He interprets the dreams. He's raised to a, a place of authority within, uh, within Egypt. All for what purpose? Well, for the protection, for the uh, protection and for the provision of the promised seed, the, the family, that the messianic line, the family tree will continue. So all throughout, it is a story of the triune God who is in control, and he will accomplish his redemptive purpose. God will work all things together for the good of uh, this family, for the sake of the world, and for the advancement of, um, of the kingdom, the messianic promise. So Joseph says to his brothers, uh, basically a summary of how God works. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And so you see that played out, generation after generation, finally Messiah uh, comes into the world, the Son of Man must suffer and die. Um, it's good that one man die for the people, the chief priests say, uh, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. And then he says from the cross, uh, it is finished from another tree, all things leading to the death and the resurrection of Jesus for the sake of the world. So the word to the church, again, is generation after generation, before the birth of Jesus and now after the birth of Jesus. Uh, the word to the church is, we know that in all things God is working together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things?